Next on BYU Sports Nation, Final Four Thursday in Chicago. The BYU men's volleyball team enter a fourth matchup this season with rival Stanford. Let's go, This time for a spot in the national championship. Game day preparation with the college volleyball insider in the Windy City covering the match tonight. The Cougs on the road to a fourth national championship. Plus, BYU football in the national spotlight with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, the big man making his in-studio debut today, and how BYU landed a guy who believes he's a top 10 college receiver. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts... Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio and television, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Game day! Welcome to May 1st, a Thursday, and a final four Thursday at that. I'm Spencer Linton. Yeah. Teamed up alongside Zach Braff's doppelganger, Jerem Jordan. Also Steve from Blue's Clues. Nice. Uh, I'm going to punch you in the mouth again. Just kidding. <laughs> Alongside Jude Law's stunt double, oh, Spencer yeah. Linton. Boom, baby! Okay, he's giving Coming it back. Coming swinging. Wherever and however you may be joining us, great to have you may with us. May 1st. I know, that's I saw, May. I saw a great meme. It had Ju- Justin Timberlake on it. It said, it's going to be May. It's M-A- going to be May. M-A-Y. <laughs> that's very nice. We should forward that to uh, Justin Timberlake's Twitter account, see how he I'm feels I'm sure about he it. hadn't seen it yet. Day what? one for new BYU president Kevin J. Worthen. Yeah. He's a man with his priorities in line. Wrote an article on uh, BYU.edu. He was asked, what can't you live without? He said, ESPN and BYU TV. And, and what then he- we'll add in parentheses, BYU yes. Sports Nation. Yep. Yep. What he meant by BYU TV was specifically BYU Sports Nation. We would like to officially give... Uh, president, president, no, Kevin J. Worthen, BYU Sports Nation Karma for his tenure oh, as president. Giving it out early. We didn't talk about this. I just did it. On a whim. I think it's appropriate. But I'm totally okay with it. Look no. at you going off the map. I'm fired up because it's game day for volleyball, man. Got your BYU volleyball Do jacket on. Do I wish on. I was in Chicago? Yes. But, but I'm glad to be here with you as well. We'll be talking to somebody that is in Chicago in about three minutes. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever you feel like it, and get involved in today's Twitter question. What is your bold prediction for BYU versus Stanford Part 4 tonight in the NCAA Men's Volleyball Semifinal? BYU by a combined 17-plus points in their margin of victory. <laughs> of, among all the sets? Yes. So if they go five, they need to win by an average of, you know, three or four? Well, it's, then they would, they would lose. They would lose two sets if they went, if they went five. That's true. So they would need to blow them out by It would need to be a sweep, and, uh, and it would be like 25-19, 25-20, 25-18, something like at that. At home, it was, what, two, three, yeah, three, a, two, three, two? It's <laughs> a little, little too bold. It's going to be a tough match. We'll break it down in a second. Listen to BYU Sports Nation Noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and watch the simulcast live on BYU TV or on BYUtv.org. Rise and shout for a championship Thursday. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. BYU Stanford Part 4. Shaw, back to Cook on the right side. Pancake from Young. Sander. Yes! That's a backbreaker right there. I want a national championship so bad, and uh, I just love my teammates, and uh, I think we have what it takes to get that national championship this year. Jerem Jordan on the call there with Steve Vale. 
what a, what an environment on Saturday night. When they beat Stanford for the third time this season, they swept the Cardinal to win the MPSF Championship Tournament for a second consecutive year. Don't bury the lead here. And book the spot to the national title. Thus, what, what's, what's burying the lead? National Player of the Year last <laughs> night, Taylor Sanders. The ABCA gave him that award. I wanted, I wanted you to be able to announce that. He's your boy. Taylor, he is my boy. He, he's your boy, man. Stat of the day related to that a bit later. Joining us now on the line is Vinny Lopes, the college volleyball insider from off the block, a guy who understands the game, has made his way to Chicago and will witness in person part four between BYU and Stanford tonight featuring the national player of the year, Taylor Sander. Vinny, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. This is your debut. How was the adventure to Chicago? You know, it has been great, and, you know, it is just amazing Chicago weather here. It's about 50 degrees, raining, just <laughs> completely your typical windy Chicago <laughs> weather you would expect. So it's very good that this is not a beach volleyball event and that the match is going to be inside tonight. Yeah, thank goodness. It's at Loyola Chicago Gentile Arena tonight, the semifinals. This is the first year of the expansion to six teams. So there were two matches played on Tuesday. What's the vibe uh, with uh, in the arena and around the arena, uh, with the expansion to six teams. Well, I'll tell you, everyone in the volleyball community is excited about the six-team expansion. This is something that's been long overdue. The NCAA tournament for men's volleyball, since it became an NCAA-sanctioned sport in 1970, had been four teams. So expanding it to six teams was a move in the right direction. Everyone was excited about it. But, you know, the real interesting thing that these matches have created is it's really a major incentive for teams now to get those top two seats and get the buy. So you don't have the, that semi. So your semifinal match on Thursday gives you a little extra time to rest. So a great example right now, you have Stanford. They're going to be playing their fourth match in a span of eight days, where BYU is going to be well rested, going on four days rest. So it's a really a big incentive for a team like BYU to get that buy, and so they're going to be a little bit more well rested than Stanford. Vinny Lopes, editor of Off the Block, College Volleyball Insider. There's always the discussion of, well, is it more difficult to beat a team four times, or if you've already beaten them three times, do you have that mental advantage? And you mentioned the rest that BYU will have over Stanford. What do you read into that setup in terms of BYU getting ready to face the Cardinal for a fourth time? Yeah, you know, I, and I had a great opportunity yesterday during media day to ask both coaches. I think the thing that I get from both of them is they're just sick of playing each other right now. <laughs> you know, play each other so much. Uh, but, you know, the real interesting thing with Stanford, you know, I had an opportunity to stay in their practice, and they are so loose, so relaxed right now. You know, they're really viewing this as an opportunity to, you know, get revenge for their three losses against BYU. And, you know, I think the big thing for them as well is, you know, this match is in Smith Fieldhouse. It's going to be on a neutral court. And, you know, BYU's been a little bit of a different team this year away from Smith Fieldhouse. Seven and eight. A losing record away from the Smith Fieldhouse, in fact. So I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really scared of this match, honestly, from the BYU perspective, because it took a tremendous effort to win close at home. What do you think BYU has to do to beat Stanford for a fourth time on a neutral court? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to come down to the play of Taylor Sander. And historically, this is a player, we talk about how great he's been, but he has really loved playing against Stanford. In three of the last six matches against the Cardinals, he's had more than 20 kills. And really the only reason he didn't have 20 kills in those other three matches is because they were three-game victories for BYU. 
So he has played absolutely lights out against them. But, you know, I really think the key for BYU is going to be can they get contributions from the other players? Can Jose Rivera step up and really force some Stanford blockers to commit to him so they're not all converging on Sander? And then, you know, the other question is going to be the play of the, of the new Sarah Robbie said, you know, how is he going to be able to perform in a big environment like this when he sat on the bench for most of the season and came in very admirably, played fantastic in the MPSF tournament. Vinny Lopes, editor of Off the Block, college volleyball expert, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You mentioned how Stanford is loose right now, how they seem relaxed, that they viewing this as an opportunity to get back at BYU. They got swept by BYU after winning 13 consecutive matches. Does that not factor into their mentality at least a little bit with that in the back of their mind that, wow, this, this is a really good team we're going up against? You know, common sense would say, yes, it, it would factor in. But, you know, in talking to their coach, Coach Coffey, you know, they really viewed it as, you, as, you know, most of those games were 20-20. They could have gone either way. So they're viewing it as, hey, if we clean up some of our mistakes, if we don't serve balls out of bounds, which they likely won't do as much in this facility because, of, because it's a little bit lower altitude as opposed to the altitude advantage that BYU has, you know, they're, they're viewing this as an opportunity as, if they make those simple adjustments, they're going to get on the other side of those 23-25 victories. We just need the uh, NCAA tournament to be in Provo. That's what we need. <laughs> Vinny you know, of, I, off the block. I, I was pushing for it. It, it was a finalist, actually. Um, one they, of the seven finalists they, and they recently, and they didn't get it, which was disappointing. Because I'll tell you, you guys have, without doubt, one of the greatest fan environments, not only in college men's volleyball, but just in college sports in general. And I'd love to get a decibel reader in Smith Fieldhouse next year to see how loud it is in there because it, you got to wear earplugs in there just for safety purposes. <laughs> yeah, luckily I have the headphones on for the broadcast during, so I'm not exposed to that as much. But Vinny Lopes from Off the Block, uh, check that out on the internet uh, for men's volleyball coverage is on BYU Sports Nation. I'm interested th- uh, to get your opinion on this. Who is the favorite at the tournament? Because Loyola Chicago is the number one seed they're hosting Yet BYU is the number one team, considered by many, maybe the best team in the country. Who's the favorite? You know, it, this is a really interesting question because it, there just doesn't feel like there's a favorite right now. You know, you can look at all four of these teams left, whether it's BYU, Stanford, Penn State, or Loyola, and realistically, you know, you could make an argument for any team to win. You know, personally, me, I think the winner of the into NCAA tournaments go come out of this BYU-Stanford match, but it wouldn't shock me if any of these four teams are listing the trophy on Saturday. Vinny Lopes of Off the Block, we appreciate the time. Enjoy Chicago. And, uh, you know, I-, I wish we could transfer BYU Sports Nation karma. In fact, let's do that. Let's, let's go ahead and give it to Vinny Lopes so that he has uh, his A game on tonight covering it for Off the Block. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, guys. All right, Jerem, Taylor Sander, we buried the lead. I buried the lead. Sorry. No, no problem. I hope I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. As we uh, uh, catch catch the end of Vinny's conversation there, but Taylor Sander, the National Player of the Year, you called for it. Uh, I don't think there was much debate. He, well, first he was the BYU Sports Nation National Player of the Year on Monday. He was awarded that, and that's where I was going. Which but is very we, we dubbed him first the yeah, National Player of the exactly Year. That's exactly right. But, which brings us to the stat of the day, yo. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Holler two. Taylor Sanders, BYU's second ABCA National Player of the Year. The other, Setter Carlos Moreno, not in 2004. Wait, not Ryan Millar. 
No, it was a dude from Pepperdine. Georgie's George Romaine that was, I guess, a beast. I was tweeted by Darnell Dixon. Uh, told me that he was built like Charles Barkley. Like the guy was just wow. awesome. Um, I, I want to make this comparison for BYU fans. The 03 and 04 teams did the following. 03 uh, went to the NCAA tournament, lost in the title game, like 2013. Then in 2004, BYU had the National Player of the Year and Carlos Moreno. They won the title. Taylor Sander, National Player of the Year. Will BYU win the title? Mm. I hope that 10 years later, BYU can do what they did in 03 and 04, which is win the second year. But it starts tonight against Stanford. This is a huge match. This is a match you should be concerned about as a BYU fan. Can BYU serve the ball effectively at sea level? Can the other guys bring it? I could see BYU winning and winning not easily, but winning well. I could also be, see BYU being upset tonight. Stanford's a really good team. They've got to bring it tonight. Watch the game live streamed on NCAA.com starting at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. That will only be streamed online. What's your bold prediction for that game? Keep your responses coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, he'll be the most experienced wide receiver on the BYU team this fall, and it's his first year. Huh? Jordan Leslie, graduate transfer, joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B at BYU Broadcast and follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYU the BYU Radio iOS app, and simulcast on BYU TV. That is right. Which tonight features baseball against Gonzaga. It's a three-game series. Starts tonight, Cougars and Bulldogs, live at 8 Eastern time. Listen to it on BYU Radio or watch it on BYU TV. You know what else is tonight? The Final Four of Men's Volleyball. What yeah. is your bold prediction for tonight's national semifinal between BYU and Stanford? We own Stanford. Keep your responses coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's welcome in our first guest today, Jordan Leslie, one of three recent graduate transfers to come to BYU to play football. He's leaving UTEP to don the Cougar Blue. Now, Jordan, I know you're from Houston. We love food. And Texas is a great place for food. I've been to Frenchie's Chicken by the campus of the University of Houston. I'm guessing that in El Paso, when you were at UTEP, you had some great dishes as well. What will you miss most about Texas food? You know, you know, being in El Paso, they have great Mexican food. You know, so you know that's that's something great. Even Mexican breakfast is great. So you know, I'm gonna miss that. Can you but, bring? You know, I'm really excited to go up there. Yeah, can you bring some of that Mexican food with you? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to save you a plate when I come up there. <laughs> Very good. Jordan Leslie is on BYU Sports Nation. Jordan, uh, I guess, what, what influenced you to want to be uh, a graduate transfer from UTEP and come to BYU? Well, you know, uh, you know when I was first able to you know, talk to different schools, you know, I, w- I wanted to contact my old coach, Coach Holiday, of course. You know, he was my receiver coach for three years and, you know, somebody I trusted. And... Well, I heard that he was at BYU. I kind of looked in more into the university, and I saw, you know, how prestigious it was. You know, the the talent that they had for next year, and you know, I got really excited. Jordan Leslie with us on BYU Sports Nation, a graduate transfer leaving UTEP to play for BYU during his final season. Jordan, you have quite the schedule uh, over the next few weeks to try and wrap things up down there so that you can get to BYU. What is your school schedule like, and how are you going to manage that so you can get to Provo? 
<laughs> well, right now I'm taking uh, 17 hours, and I also have like a senior project that I need to finish. 17? Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, it's, it's been tough, you know. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, so, you know, I'm just kind of <laughs> moving towards it and just, you know, trying to get to May 17th so I can graduate. What's this senior project you have to do? Uh, for electrical engineering, everybody has to, you know, do a group of about four, has to work on a senior project. And since I, you know, speeding up my process to graduate early, I had to do it by myself. Oh. And so, yeah, it was it was tough, but, you know, I created a, you know, kind of like a Connect Four type of game. It's a controller that can play display onto a TV. Nice. And it's basically just Connect Four. I just named it Four on a Line. It's UTEP colors and stuff like that. Nice. That's fantastic. Are are you like running routes in it? Are there uh, you know the passing tree involved or anything? <laughs> no, not that extent. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, if, I, if I was smart enough to do a you know a football game, I, I would have done that. <laughs> Very good. We're going to need to get one that has blue and white colors that we can bring on the set here on BYU Sports Nation. Is that something we can work into the future? Yeah, we'll have to work that into the future. I, I mean, I have the code for it, so. <laughs> very, very good. Jordan Leslie with us on BYU Sports Nation. Very accomplished receiver while he was at UTEP, now bringing his talents to Provo, Utah. You mentioned the Guy Holiday connection in the recruitment to BYU, but you said other schools as well. What other schools were you looking at besides BYU when you were approaching a final year uh, post-graduation? You know, I mean, when I first saw the Coach Holiday, I was – that was my main school I wanted to attend. But, you know, I was talking to, you know, different schools, trying to, you know, just feel, get some feelers out there and see who was interested. And and I even talked to, you know, different players from different schools, you know, friends that I know and stuff like that. But, I mean, there was no – there wasn't too many schools I was really sure of, sure about like I was BYU. Jordan Leslie's on BYU Sports Nation. The other day on Twitter I noticed that uh, you were fired up about CBSSports.com uh, they did a 2015 mock draft. They named you as the 51st, uh, I guess, best receiver going into this season. You were fired up because you felt like you should be higher. Why is it that you you feel you should be higher, and where do you think you fit? I mean, I feel like I should be higher in, in my stats. I mean, stats don't lie. And, you know, being at UTEP, I mean, I was on the record to, you know, break almost all the receiving records the next year. And, you know, having just over 2,000 yards in three years, you know, I felt like that was a great accomplishment. And, you know, looking at some of the stats and stuff like that of other players, I mean, I felt like I was kind of, you know, disrespected a little. And, you know, I, I was, you know, I'm really excited. I'm a competitor. I want to be the best. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go out there and, you know, prove to everyone that, you know, BYU made a great choice and I can, you know, help, help the Cougars next year. So, so if 51st is too high, where do you feel like you fit in nationally among receivers? Or too I low, mean, I guess. <laughs> I myself, you know, being competitive, I want to say, you know, I'm top ten. You know, that's not trying to be cocky in any way. You just, I want to have that work ethic where, you know, I want to be the best. And I feel like that's a great mentality. I, I mean, to be a competitor and to want to be the best, that pushes me hard every day. When I see someone else outworking me, I want to, I want to beat them. You know, sometimes in class, I want to beat people and taking notes. Like, I just want to be the best. <laughs> Absolutely, Jordan. What is your role going to be as a member of this BYU football team? And when you look at Arguably the deepest wide receiver core that the Cougars have ever had. You know, in my career, you know, I've been I've been known as a deep threat. You know, a lot of teams played me, you know, running past them and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm also a real physical receiver. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty big receiver at you know about two fifteen and uh, about six two six three. So I you know I, I feel like I can play a lot of a lot of different roles. I don't want people just to think I'm just a 
a deep threat. I also can be, you know, a great route runner. You know, can be physical and just everything. So, you know, I'm coming in to be a, you know, down by down receiver. Jordan Leslie is on BYU Sports Nation. What kind of uh, communication with future teammates and uh, Taysom Hill, Bronco Mendenhall, have you had so far? You know, I've, I've had a chance to talk to Taysom a few times, and uh, uh, we're both real excited about this next year. And uh, when I came on a visit, I got to you know communicate with a lot of a lot of the players, and you know it's a great group of guys, and I'm real excited you know get to know them better and you know work with them day to day, you know through workouts and even uh, practices. Are you, cut- Are you cutting any side deals with Taysom Hill to uh, get the ball more? <laughs> <laughs> of course not, but I mean, I've already let him know. I come in June 1st, and you know, from, from that day to the day we start, start games, I'm trying to work every day. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to, you know, me and him have a great connection, and I'm trying to, you know, show it next year. 44 receptions last year, 612 yards, seven touchdowns. As a junior, you have 15 touchdowns in your career. So I know that uh, those numbers make a lot of BYU fans excited. Now, I'm, I'm going to take you outside a little bit with, with conditioning. I'm guessing that El Paso in August is a little warmer than Provo, Utah. Transitioning <laughs> north to Provo, is that going to help you become that much greater of a receiver, given that you want to go through the, uh, well, the heat of, a, of Texas summer? <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I, of course, I don't think you know Provo is going to be as hot as you know some of some of the uh, summers I've had here, and also you know being from Houston, how humid it is. So you know I've been through a lot of different climates. You know, and going up to Provo is going to be you know different during the winter. But you know I'm really excited about it. You know, hopefully, you know I wasn't really excited about you know the stats I put up last year, and I was just, I was expecting you know put up a lot more. But so hopefully this senior season, I can accomplish those goals. Jordan, uh, what you end up coming to BYU? You you said electrical engineering. What's the major that you picked? Uh, if you picked one at BYU as a graduate, uh, right now I apply for the executive MBA program, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's under uh, Steve Hart. And you know, it's it's more like a leadership program. I'm really excited about that. It kind of helps you. You know, a lot of engineers have trouble speaking stuff like that. And, uh, you know, being a leadership and kind of getting that leadership role also helping on the field as well as in the classroom and you, uh, in my workplace. Do you expect to get drafted next year? Is that the goal for you? I mean, of course, you know, being a football player, that's my goal. You know, but I, I, right now I don't even want to think about that. I just want to think about next year, next football season, and how we're going to go undefeated. Do you know how many days it is until uh, you will be in Provo. You said June 1st. Like, is so that a definite month? thing? Is it, is it one month from today when you will land in Provo? Uh, after, after graduation, I'm going to drive my car up there from El Paso to uh, Provo. So that'll be a, a long, interesting ride. And then uh, I think I'm going to go home for about 10 days, and yes, I come back uh, June 1st. You just mentioned uh, that you're going to go undefeated. Which one of the games do you see as the toughest game with games like at Texas, at Central Florida, Boise State, uh, Houston, which is probably of, of note to you having uh, been from Houston. So, I mean, every time I walk in any season, I want to say that we're going undefeated. You know, I've, I have faith in the team. And, you know, being from Texas, you know, I always looked up to UT and stuff like that. And they, you know, they recruited me for a while. That's my number one game I'm looking for. And that's probably going to be the toughest game, you know, it being at UT. The weather is going to be, you know, pretty hot being the second game of the season. And so uh, that's going to be probably the, my most wanted game and also probably our toughest game. Have you circled any other games besides the Texas game on the future BYU schedule? Um, 
I mean, of course, Houston. You know, being from being from Houston, that's another another big one. You know, and really, it's the first game of the season. I mean, that's going to be uh, where you know we all set our marks for the season. So you know, that should be our first game that we're worried about. Jordan Leslie on BYU Sports Nation, one of three graduate transfers that have selected BYU for their respective final seasons. Uh, we talked about your role in a very deep wide receiver core. What specific skills do you bring besides the physicality? And you said that you're a deep threat, but but what when when people describe Jordan Leslie, what do you want people to say about you? You know, one one thing I want to say is you know I'm a, I'm a leader. You know, coming in. I know I'm gonna be one of the the oldest receivers in the receiving core, and uh, probably one of not the by most, age uh, at BYU though, <laughs> but, but <laughs> dude, not, not by age, but by experience. You know, and I know a lot of them are gonna have questions and stuff like that. And I just want to come in and be able to help everybody. I mean, it's not a receiving core is not just about one person, one person stats. It's about everyone. We all get each other open, and that's why I'm really excited. You know, the signees we have coming in is gonna be great for uh, BYU also. Well, given the numbers you put up, uh, we had a discussion the other day, Jordan, about who's the most, uh, who will be the most impactful transfer that BYU has. I said you because of your track record. Do you feel positive pressure to come in and have a great season in the in the one and only season as a Cougar? Well, I appreciate you picking me. Uh, even though if I had to, if I had to pick two, I'd pick me also, just because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming in. You know, I'm coming with that mentality. You know, I'm coming in with the mentality to to be the best and. and and with my track record also, I, I know, you know, Chase is going to have a lot of faith in me. The coach is going to have a lot of faith in me. You know, I want to come and, you know, make a step for my for my one year. Well, Cody Hoffman graduated, and so there are going to be some extra passes to be caught this season. Well, you know, uh, you know I'll have to talk to Taysom when I get up there. Absolutely. One Jordan, month from today. Jordan Leslie on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us. We wish you the best of luck over the next 17 days. Yeah, you need that. Survive and advance. We give you BYU <laughs> Sports Nation karma so that you can survive in the classroom. The end of your UTEP career and get to Provo uh, without any hitches. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'll try to get that plate of Fuji. We're going to hold I, I want, Jordan yeah, to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're we're going to hold you to that, man. What time is it? Ten twenty-eight Mountain Time. I'm getting hungry already. I need, need <laughs> when you wake up at five o'clock in the morning or whatever, I don't know. Whatever time we wake up. Hey, our Twitter question today is: What is your bold prediction for BYU Stanford? Well, sometimes. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. What is your bold prediction for BYU Stanford Part Four tonight in the NCAA Men's Volleyball Semifinal Match? At Quattro Quattro Forty Four says, BYU chops down that raggedy tree with a broom. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. Quattro Quattro Four. Was that one of the guys from the uh, East West All Stars Key and Field video? <laughs> Quattro Quattro, right? Yes. Up next, it's not Monday, but ESPN College Football Analyst Trevor Maddich is in the house. Trevor's this is BYU here. Sports Nation. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Believe it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. If you so choose, you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Mark your Franklin Covey Quest planners. BYU's fourth annual football media day is Monday, June 23rd, live right here from the BYU Broadcasting Building. Details to be announced 
But uh, great stuff planned for that day. I know at least one person that will be there, and that is our in-studio guest, Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst, BYU first, national first champion in 84. In-studio in B. Studio. Th- this is yep. fantastic in here. You guys, when your show's over, you just stay here, right? You yes, can, this is actually Spencer's office. Because I can see over there, in. you've got massage tables, a full <laughs> kitchen. You know, I mean, you guys probably just hang out. Hey, it's for Spencer. to talk about that stuff. <laughs> I'm working up to be able to use that stuff. It's just Spencer's. I'm not supposed to touch it. High-profile people only, Jerem. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay. No, I'm just kidding. All right, green room snack guy. What the Trevor, heck, you, you can use that stuff. No, no. I just roll around on a pile of rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Maddich Thursday for the first time in the history of BYU Sports Nation. And as Jeremy mentioned, Trevor the first time Thursday. we've had. That works better than a Trevor Thursday. Yeah, Tre- yeah. Trevor Thursday. Yeah. Maddich Monday. Uh, we learned something about you in our preparation for today's show. You are a pilot. Mm. When did you find time to learn how to fly a plane? They, I learned to fly during one frenetic offseason when I was playing for the New York Jets. And Perfect. so I learned to fly small plane Cessnas on Long Island, which is under the controlled airspace for JFK and LaGuardia airports oh, and adjacent to controlled airspace for Islip. And so you just learn to talk to the controllers and learn to know where to go. I went out to play for the Colts after that. And when you take off, the first thing you see is corn and all the pilots out there were all freaked out how did you fly out there well you, you learn to talk but it's an amazing it's an amazing feeling of freedom you take off on long island right you get up to altitude and you look way down at seagulls way down at fishing boats oh. you fly out over the hamptons and you see all these pools shaped like guitars and all these rich things and oh, you know awesome. it's awesome you fly over the beach and then you're out over the ocean and then there's block island over there there's nantucket and martha's vineyard up over there i had a lot of 500 hundred dollar hamburgers back then which is why <laughs> now i don't get massages i roll around <laughs> on a pile of rocks but flying is fantastic it's, it's a feeling of freedom well speaking of flying uh byu volleyball plays stanford tonight in chicago any chance we end up getting there later Tonight for the Can you get us there? Can you get us there, Yeah, well, we, we'd have to fly in Spencer's Gulf, Gulfstream, his G4. <laughs> Again, I can't yeah. touch that one or go oh on it. Goodness. You know, the thing is, he, and he's got a massage table on his G4. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do, where do I go? What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just glad that doing? I got a name plaque, like a specific to my, oh my name goodness. this year, which was great. Okay, what better way to kick out the month of May than with Trevor Maddich? In a G4, flying in, to Chicago. In a G4, absolutely. <laughs> flying myself. Actually, well, I can't say that on the air. I was going to tell you a story, but it's, I can't tell you that. <laughs> anyway, so it, it had something to do with the jet, though. And it's a very good story. I'll tell you off the air. That's called Fantastic. a tease. BYU football headed to Miami, it would appear, yes. in December, pre-Christmas, to play in the inaugural Miami Beach Bowl against an American Athletic Conference opponent. What was your initial reaction to that news? Awesome. Yeah. That's thing number one. Thing number two, awesome for BYU. Not so awesome for the nightclubs on South Beach. (laughs) Because the bar tab won't be nearly as much when BYU's crowd comes in as when when others come in. You know, I'd like a uh, Shirley Temple, please. glass of milk. Yeah, that'll be. But it's awesome for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's South Beach. And we used to go to the Holiday Bowl. We used to leave the snows of Pro- Provo in bowl season and go to Mission Beach in San Diego. It was awesome. Well, now you're going to Miami Beach, which is great. Another thing that's great and even better than that is that you get the recruiting. Because you go out there and spend a week in South Florida. That's a recruiting hotbed. And one of the reasons BYU went independent, or let's put it this way, one of the benefits of going independent, if not one of the reasons, is that they can schedule – 
games in the Southeast. They can schedule games in Big Ten country, in the Northeast, in all parts of the country. And for recruiting, if they can bring in one or two top athletes from those areas that ordinarily they wouldn't get because those folks, those recruits are not familiar with BYU personally, then that'll allow that this program to continue to rise up into the elite level. And so going there for a week of bowl preparation and, and the bowl game puts them in position to be able to, to meet with those recruits and let those recruits see what BYU is like and, more importantly, what BYU football players are like personally and not just what they read. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation, former national champion as well. Uh, 30th anniversary of that. Is there, is there? I was four years old. I was the, the youngest player on the team. <laughs> four years old, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. 30th anniversary Has of the it been 30 years yeah, since it's, then? It's been 30. Wow. Okay, well, so I was before you guys were born. I was one year, two months old. I was three. We brought it up with your good friend, I, Robert, I'm, Robert I'm going to I'm going to physically assault both of you right now <laughs> okay. on worldwide television. This is getting weird. I think we need to go to break. No, my parents went to the game. They didn't take me, though. They got a babysitter. Uh, otherwise, I would have been at the game. Could have said I went to the game and said I was home crying and you know, that, wetting that, my diaper. That game was, was unbelievable, though. And, and you know what? There, there's some people. Well, we, we beat Michigan that day. Yes. And, uh, I'm, I'm aware of that. All during the week, Michigan fans, many of them were, were very upset that they had to play BYU because they didn't respect the BYU brand at the time. Even though you were ranked number one? So this goes back to wetting diapers. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised yeah. if there were a few extra Pampers changed in that state after that game. We wow. respect Michigan, but they were not happy that we beat their Wolverines that day. Well, you got it, and you got the national championship. You brought up an interesting point about recruiting and BYU's independence. Yesterday we were asking people, well, what's, what's more important to you when you consider a bowl game, location or opponent? What do you think about that? They're both important because opponent, you know, if you can, if you can beat a really strong helmet – that's great. But location allows you, once again, to do that recruiting. And people think of bowl games as, as a reward for the players. And actually now, uh, this year I think there will be 39 bowls, and, and then next year there will be 40, 40, I believe. Mm-hmm. And people are complaining about that. But in my mind, the people that complain about there being too many bowl games need to go back to school to learn how to operate a television remote. Uh-huh. If you don't want to watch the game, watch the Kardashians. They're on somewhere as well. <laughs> yes. And so – a bowl game is not designed as a reward. It is a reward for the people involved in it. But it's designed as a, as a vehicle for communities and charities to be able to get their message out. And so everybody benefits one way or another. And so if, if a, a community and a series of charities and businesses want to bring in a couple of schools that might be 7 and 5, 6 and 6, 8 and 4, whatever, to play in their bowl game, good for them. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. The good thing about BYU, though, is it's such a national brand that no matter where they go, there's always Big local interest. And whatever bowl gets BYU in whatever part of the country knows that, first of all, they'll sell tickets. Second of all, they'll have a big attendance for their events during the week. And third of all, they'll have big press locally because BYU is one of those national brands that always brings interest no matter where they are. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about BYU and the changing landscape of big-time college football. A lot of banter this week about the playoff meetings in Dallas, Texas. And Tom Homo flew out to meet with SEC Commissioner Mike Slide because BYU was kind of left out of SEC future scheduling plans. Where do the Cougars fit in as an independent? Can they survive as an independent uh, moving forward with all these changes continuing to take place? I think it's easier now. For BYU, because in the past, really, the only guarantee that BYU had to be able to play for the national championship was to be one or two. Now, if they're in the top four, 
they have a chance to, to be in that playoff. And so it, it doubles the pool for BYU. Now, they still will probably have to go undefeated and look great doing it. But keep in mind that because of the nature of, of being independent, they can schedule any way they want. I mean, this is a team playing Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Texas, you know, with other big names in the future. BYU's got the ability to, to generate brand name wins. And should they win those games and win them all? then they'll have a chance to, to get into that, that pool of four. And so because it's a pool of four and not just a pool of two, I think they're actually better off. Trevor Maddox is on BYU Sports Nation. One of the big concerns I have with independence, and I've been a proponent of it, is that the TV contract money is feeding these big five schools just so much money that they can build new facilities, support uh, their athletic programs to a degree that BYU is not going to be able to match. Mm-hmm. B- the Big Ten, it was reported last week, is going to get forty-five million bucks per team or something wow. in the future. That's tough to to hang with. I ba- mean, bake sale, b- bake sale. Yeah, on on BYU TV. Yeah, uh, bid, you know, bid, bid for a date with with, with you know Spencer. With Spencer. That would go that, big. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Spencer, the, Spencer, no ring, not not eligible. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that I guess I'm concerned about moving forward. Is will BYU be able to hang when it comes uh, to the finance? No. Yeah, that's how well, I feel as well. Yeah, the, the finances are so big. The Big Ten network is why so much money is going to those schools. Now the SEC network right. will be insane the yeah. amount of money. Oregon, out on the West Coast, just opened up something they call the Death Star. I don't know the exact name of it. I'm going out there in a few the days. Death Star? Yeah, that's what they call their new facility. It's and like this fully operational? Yeah, it is now. Good, good. Nicely done. Very nicely done. But this <laughs> eye candy is insane. <laughs> Oklahoma State. You know, their, their locker room, when you walk in with your eyes closed, it doesn't smell like a locker room. Normally, you know you're in a locker room. It's, all you can smell is the finest leather of the finest car that you can never afford. Thank you, that's T. What Moon Pickens. That's what, yes. Yes, yes, that's what it's like, right? And this is all this money. And BYU, just because of the nature of the beast, won't have that much money. They'll have enough. They'll yes, have enough. They'll always have enough. And, and with the deal with ESPN, that helps. That really helps. But from a standpoint of being able to compete, that's a different question on the field. Because BYU is a, just a different animal than it, all, it always has been. BYU is a program that recruits um, academic all-stars from uh, high school, and you have to. Because the academic standards to get into BYU uh, are along the lines of Northwestern, Stanford, and Duke. So that's the kind of, of grades and ACT you have to have in order to even get in. And then the second thing is you've got to have the honor code. So it's a very special kind of kid that comes here. Absolutely. Even so, even so, BYU is one of the most consistently winning programs in the last 40 years. It's not just the last 40 years. If you take the, the, the first nine years, the best nine years of, of Lavelle Edwards, and then take the last nine years under Bronco Mendenhall, and the win percentage is almost identical. Yeah. So even in this new era, BYU is continuing to take those recruits and win with them at a high level. And being independent, being able to now draw recruits from other regions of the country where before it was harder to reach those kids, BYU, there's no reason why they shouldn't continue that, that rise up towards the top of that mountain. And so uh, that is something that's unique to BYU that is not money dependent, and they win with it, not in spite of it. Does that mean, though, in the future, as the landscape changes, and there might be this subdivision one, there might be some separation of in or out with the elite in college football, does BYU at some point in the future have to get in the big five? It depends. 
if if the Big Five conferences, you're talking SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, uh, Big Twelve, is, uh, all those folks, the ACC. Americans out. ACC, yeah. yeah. So that's what that's what you're talking about. There's there's talk about them now separating from the NCAA and forming their own governing body. There's all kinds of things. Then the question will be, well, what will happen with scheduling then when they play teams from the the other conferences, from the MAC and the Mountain West and the WAC and people in places like that? How much will that occur, and what will be the circumstances? Will those programs from the smaller conferences be eligible for the top four in that playoff? And as long as that's the case, then BYU will also be eligible for that top four in the playoff. And that'll expand to eight at some point in the future. Uh, You know it will. There's too much money at stake for it not to expand. Yeah, the the college presidents, though, have resisted even going to a four-team playoff for so long because they've seen what's happened to other sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the NCAA tournament, right? How many did that start with? 32, was 32. it? 32. When Danny Ainge went, it was 48. And now it's how many? Uh, 68. 68. Okay. Yeah. Even Major League Baseball has added divisional rounds. Right. Yeah. And the NFL will add another playoff. Right. right. And, and so this always happens. And what the presidents don't want to have happen is to become NFL light. They don't want this to be, uh, you know, a, a semi-pro league that's modeled after the NFL. And when you think about it, college football at this level, at the FBS level, is the most different from its professional counterpart of any of the major sports. Mm-hmm. You know, college baseball has their World Series. College basketball has the March Madness. But football has the bowl system. If you start to now throw in a playoff system instead and then just have the bowls off to the side, but a playoff system not with four or even eight, but now you start to go 16, yeah. then me, all of a sudden you, you start to get away from tradition. Now, I don't mind – making money. I'm all for maximizing income potential, but you don't maximize income potential in the long term by getting away from what makes you unique and special and what makes fans passionate yeah. about you. You don't want it to become diluted. You don't want it to become you don't want to leave the emotion. And the emotion is the rivalries and well, that's been thrown out the window in many cases already yeah. too, which which is annoying. It, it, well, I you, don't like it. You're right about that. I mean, BYU, BYU Utah, Utah right now. This year, that's that, that, that's a problem. And really, for the young young people right now, you guys, Oklahoma, Nebraska used to be a, a yes. appointment watching, but then the Big Twelve split into divisions, and and they only played once every several years, and now that rivalry has basically gone away. Others have have replaced it, but college football needs to be very careful to not be too cavalier about throwing away what's made them special over the last century, because that's what the uh, that's what the emotional connection is from. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College football analyst and expert on BYU Sports Nation, your colleague, another college football insider uh, for ESPN, Brett McMurphy, said that BYU, in his opinion, is not one of the top three candidates to get into a Power Five conference if expansion happens anytime in the near future. He referenced teams like UConn, Cincinnati, and Central Florida. How do you feel about that? Where do you have BYU in terms of being the next eligible candidate to get into one of those conferences? Those conferences want to fit. It needs to be a good fit. And the problem is BYU is not a good fit for some of those conferences. And it starts with the Olympic sports playing on Sunday. I mean, if the if – the, Couldn't it be football only, though, at some point in the future? You know, I don't know how that might work out. I know the West Coast Conference is a fantastic conference, it, and I know it it's fits. been a great place for it. Yes. It's a great fit. Whether football can go independently, uh, individually into one of those conferences, yeah. I don't know. Who, who does that? Show me a program in one of those conferences. It's football only in that conference. So, so we start there, and so that right there is an obstacle. And I think it would be worth one of those Big Five conferences 
to make the same commitment that the WAC and the Mountain West made to BYU to make sure that they, they scheduled around Sunday play uh, because I think BYU brings so much to the table from a standpoint of, of national Absolutely. cachet. I agree with you. But from a standpoint of whether or not they'll be one of the first ones in there, I don't know that BYU wants to. Mm. I mean, right long, now, no. Yeah. But I mean in the future as things shift. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, from just a national perspective, BYU would fit, in my opinion, into the Big 12 exceptionally well. Yes. Exceptionally well. It would add this market for uh, the Big 12, which is important. The Big 12 plays in a lot of really small places. And so BYU would bring their own audience and their own fan base and their own television viewers uh, from all over the country in, when they play in places like Lawrence, Kansas, and Manhattan, Kansas, and, and Stillwater, Oklahoma, and yep. places like that. Not to denigrate any of those places. They're wonderful. But it's not Malibu, baby. Well, it's nice to have that kind of a brand name to be the opponent in those home games for those yes. schools. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, but there are a lot of other questions, and frankly— Opponent versus location again. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, but, but again, whether or not—I think independence has been good for BYU, and, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. Trevor yeah. Maddich of Huge ESPN question. with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we're liking this so much. Would you, would you mind sticking around for a couple more minutes after the break? Sure, we're happy to. All right. Awesome. More of Trevor Maddich coming up on BYU Sports Nation after this. We'll talk potentially NFL draft. Maybe a look ahead to the season opener on August 29th. Hmm. You know what's coming. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Our show also on demand. Audio is on BYUSportsNation.com. Video is on BYUTV.org slash DVR. And we remind you, BYU Football Media Day, the fourth annual BYU June 23rd. Football Media Day. June 23rd. Yeah. That's a Monday. A guy who will be there, Trevor Maddich. He's uh, stuck around after the break. Thanks so much for your time, Trevor. I know you're on a crazy nationwide tour right now and in Utah today, so we're, we're grateful to have you with us. It's great to be here in person. I'm just talking to you guys on the phone. It's yeah, a little Mad- bit different, Mad- huh? With, with the, the massage chairs and everything involved? Oh the chairs, massage chairs. I was thinking the massage tables oh. back there. <laughs> what, what, Jeremy didn't tell you about the massage tables? Massage chair, like a dollar at the mall or yeah, something? Whatever. What the heck, man? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, August 29th is the season opener for BYU, and we have a tradition that uh, we have going to get ready for football. Countdown to Connecticut. 120. That one's awkward verbally. We count down to Connecticut every day, Trevor. We can't wait. You know, and the great thing about it is that Connecticut is accustomed to their opponents counting down to them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Shot fired. 120 days until BYU hits the rent, Rentschler Field in East Hartford, Connecticut. I for dare their say season and opener. one by Trevor Maddich. And one. And Trevor Maddich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was supposed to be a compliment. <laughs> was it? Listen, no. I've done Connecticut games. I, I love Connecticut football, respect Connecticut football. I'll tell you this, ESPN's but, in Bristol, Connecticut. Yeah. And so you, you would be astonished at how many people get off a sports center and say, how did Connecticut do? How's UConn doing? Football. UConn football. Re- really? That's what they want to talk about in the green room. No, they do. They want to talk about UConn. They want to talk about women's basketball. No, they, they like it's, it's it's a football world. I'm oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Football no, I, dominates. Yeah. No, but in Connecticut, I thought it was our girls. Uh, okay. <laughs> in other news. Enough said. <laughs> 120 days until BYU in Connecticut. More importantly, 116 days until another Maddich Monday. How about that? And we'll be back on here talking about what's been going on. And the thing is, there's there's a lot of interest in BYU as well. And you know what brings that up, too, is, is Steve Young. 
at ESPN in Bristol, a lot of people are interested in BYU, and a lot of it is because they know Steve Young. They, they, respect, they respect Steve Young as an NFL broadcaster. And so that kind of— that kind of From Connecticut. Shade, from Connecticut. There you go. Yeah. And that kind of shades uh, what people think about BYU in a positive way. Let's hit the NFL draft, Trevor. Van Noy, Hoffman, Sorensen, Manu Maliuna, the, the most likely to get drafted— how many Cougars do you see getting drafted next week? I could see at least two of those, uh, maybe three. I think Van Noy and Hoffman have a very good chance. Uh, Manomaliuna also. Sorensen, I think, is, is going to be a really good defensive player in the league if you put him in the right position. Yeah. I mean, he's a safety that plays really in, in a triangle. If the tip of that triangle is in the C-gap, kind of over the offensive tackle, and then it widens out to a base about 12 yards deep into the secondary. And if you have him in that area covering, and then when it's a run, have him go downhill into that, into that C-gap, he is fantastic. Now, you don't want him out there covering tight ends like Dennis Pitta, another former, you know, in space running all over the field. But he's a guy that could be really, really helpful. Cody Hoffman as a receiver impresses NFL scouts because of his ability to go up and make plays. I mean, those 50-50 balls he comes down with. Yeah. The, the thing he's got to show scouts is that he can run precise routes because really over the last couple of years here, the nature of the passing game has not been a timing situation. The, there hasn't been the pass protection that BYU expects. And the quarterback has had to, we just look at uh, last year, with Taysom Hill, he'd drop back and immediately be flushed out of the pocket a lot. Yeah. And so instead of being drop, set, throw to a spot on time, it's more like let's, let's find a guy who's open. Well, that affects how scouts can evaluate Cody Hoffman because they haven't seen him do as many of the timing routes. But for a guy that can, that can climb up and catch a ball, he's the guy. Kyle Van Noy, to me, is the guy that has the most intriguing possibilities in the NFL because, because of the nature of offenses now in the league, which are a reflection of the nature of rule changes in the league, which now make it harder to oppose the quarterback. You can't hit him most of the time. You can't hit receivers at certain, point, uh, certain points uh, downfield. It makes it easier for the passing game in the NFL, easier for, the, um, for a lot of scoring to happen, and that's intentional. So if you have that kind of quarterback, good for you. It's a quarterback league. If you don't have that kind of quarterback, then what you need to do is degrade the other guy's quarterback down to the level of yours. Hmm. That means pass rush. Kyle Van Noy is such a slippery, slick pass rusher because it's hard to get your hands on him. He can be running right at what looks like a brick wall and then turn sideways like a little rat and just slip right mm. through it and come out the other side. Ah, I don't want to cut you off. I want to keep going with her. Tell me we've got to get out. Okay. And I want, you, I want your autograph on the BYU you Sports Nation Rise Up, rise flag, up flag. You've got it. Happy to do it. Thanks for being here today. Listen, uh, can you get a spell checker so I can make sure I got my name done here correct? <laughs> it's great to be here, you guys. Thank you for having Good me. Good to see you, Trevor. Yeah, it's great to be here. We'll wrap it up after this. Trevor Maddox, ladies and gentlemen. What a show today. Shout out to Carlos Moreno. BYUtv.org slash DVR. We're out.